1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today.
2: Drop your shoulders, take a breath. Tune into how you feel because it's time to stretch. I'm Sinead O'Moore and this season is here because of the support of VitaBiotics, my season four sponsor. From Pregnicare to Well Kid, Well Woman and Well Man, They have a product range to support us throughout every stretch of life. Okay, this is a good one. It's more personal. It's more where I'm at in my own stage of stretch right now. And it is with a woman who I am so thankful to call my friend, Simone Gannon. And once I let you in on our chats, you'll see why I have her in my real life. She's also four days older than me and together we are staring down the aisle of almost 40. Simone Scribes is the beauty editor for The Examiner magazine. She is a hugely respected voice on skincare, an advocate of skin health, not just aesthetics. But she is so much more than her beauty insta squares and we go deep into our hormonal changes, our fertility window closing, our midlife meltdowns, our wrinkles and exciting career pivots because fuck it if not now when we are almost 40. And our 30s gave us so much. But it's time to adapt our lives, our mindsets, our health and our energy, because there is a whole new stretch coming. And I am so lucky to go through it all with this guest. Simone, my wonderful friend. Hello, Sinead. (laughs) Or that others know as Simone Scribes. Or that you kind of are going more Simone Gannon now that you're the beauty editor of The Examiner. Yes, that is my real name. (laughs) You are joining me on Stretch Marks Podcast. We have already, actually, the reason that we even know each other Mm -hmm. is because of podcasts. I know, I was thinking about that this morning. That is how we originally met. Yeah. Four years ago. Yeah. And thank you for your friendship in those four years. Oh my God, stop. It's been a pleasure. (laughs)
1: pleasure's been all mine that was actually the first podcast i ever did
2: so it's this feels very at your back for more full circle full circle we have had um we continued our conversations in those four years Mm -hmm. they became slightly more boozy Mm. and ranty Mm -hmm. over delicious wine (laughs) um but there is very little that wasn't put on the table yeah in those four years this is true one of which was our age Mm.
1: (laughs) Yes, well, we are, which is rarely mentioned. We are publicly a couple of days apart. We are age-wise, yeah. So I just feel like we're aging together. So it's amazing I know. <laughs> to go through these. It's stages. like we're
2: little twin flames.
0: Yes, we are.
2: So I think you're the 19th, and the 19th, and the July. 23rd. Yes, and we are literally in
1: our final days towards 40. I know. And we said we would make our 39th year the best Healthy, ever, but yeah. you've, you've been sick for weeks now.
2: I have- <laughs> Uh, my last known date of feeling well was the twenty sixth of July. Yeah. So so far I've had three days of wellness. I know, it's, in my thirty ninth year.
1: So it wasn't really the plan, but
2: <laughs> it's not going the way it needed to. No. Um, I'm I'm in decline. You are soaring. No. Towards forty. I really am.
1: <laughs> I'd love to say I am, but I'm propped up by multivitamins, skin supplements, breath work. <laughs> You
2: name it. But we need that. We made a text <laughs> promise to each other to to actually to change our get togethers. Yeah. From, you know, just moving the occasional one away from, you know, delicious wine mm. and towards health related activities in the pursuit of arriving at 40. Mm. In some kind of shape, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Yeah. Uh, breath work is off the table currently for me. But... You do inspire me in how you are taking care of yourself, particularly your skin, Mm. as we age. Which is something that I, when I get on the other side of this, will totally be into. Because as I sit here today looking at you, it's upsetting me. You look so bloody young and gorgeous. Stop. (laughs) I am inflamed. I am swollen. (laughs) I am puffy. And you gave me this beautiful... um, Summer Fridays, jet lag, mask, mm-hmm. as you walked in the door. And there is nothing more, I think, that I need right now. Yeah, a little pick me And up. a lie down. Mm-hmm. But why or how or where did you get started on? Because it's, it's. I imagine for a lot of women, they do arrive at the age that we're at. Mm-hmm. And then they start thinking, okay, I need to start looking at my skincare. I need to start, like, shit, where did all these wrinkles come from? You've been on this game for a while. Yeah. So probably before you needed it I would have said. Yeah. But why why then
1: and what do you think it's brought to now? Well, I didn't really start looking after my skin until I was in my I would say mid 20s, early to mid 20s. Um I had always So when you were a child? <laughs> when I was a child, yeah. We were living in Singapore at the time and I kind of used sunscreen haphazardly and I had a couple of nice products, but I didn't really have a routine. I didn't really understand what any of them did. And I remember being sort of firmly influenced by two things that happened in the space of maybe two years. The first was I was friends with this very glamorous woman in Singapore and she told me that Estee Lauder... Advanced Night Repair eye cream was a game changer. And if I started using it now, I would reap the benefits later years. And she was a little bit older than me and she had beautiful skin. And I thought, okay, I'm going to buy that. So I bought that. And then that's when I started sort of looking around at other products and thinking, I wonder what that one will do. And, you know, nothing too crazy. And then within sort of 18 months of that, my mom got skin cancer on her face. And that was extremely shocking for me for us as a family the fact that it was on her face she had to have surgery a skin graft it was so shocking to us you know coming from Ireland I think there's this sort of I don't know incorrect view is the only way I can put it that because we don't get a huge amount of sun we don't need sun that we great. don't need it mm. and so on but you know UVA and UVBs are, are rays are around all the time and you know, we know now there's a lot more education now, but I think when we were kids and, and, you know, with our parents, there wasn't any awareness. There wasn't much education around this. So that was a real turning point for me because my mom had beautiful skin and she'd always used great products and things like that. So it was very shocking that this had mm. happened. I remember panicking. sitting outside with the tin foil. No. I mean, what her her um, doctor told her at the time, which we're hearing more and more now, which I find just incredible, Is that a lot of these cases of skin cancer can now in some research papers be traced back to one particular savage sunburn that you got when you were in your 20s or in your 30s. Because basically the damage to the cells was so severe that they never kind of healed fully. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, they're able to Does trace certain cases. any
2: particular time? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, we, you know, like a lot of Irish people, we would mm. go on a summer holiday every mm. year. And I remember my parents using like SPF 15 baby oil. I mean, there was hours spent on the sun loungers. That's what you did. It's you what were you judged
2: by the quality of your holiday based on the depth of your tan when you came back.
1: What you wanted to hear was, oh, my God, look at the color yeah. of you. And yeah. that was it. Done. Box mm. ticked, you know. So... Yeah, so I still have that goal even though I don't pursue it. <laughs> but yeah. I do still yeah. have that goal.
2: That's still in me. It's like, oh, I'm going to go away. I'm going to go to tan. I'm going to come home and I'm going to be gorgeous. And then you're like, obviously
1: I can't anymore. No, because now it's of the dangers. Yeah. But
2: like that still sounds lovely.
1: Yeah. So that that's basically what the doctor told my mum, that it had come from this, you know, period of time where she wow. was on holidays. I mean, and look, so we've all done that. We've all done it. We've all done it.
2: We've all done that yeah. as teenagers mm. and early 20s when we were away. Yeah. You know, we we were up all night in clubs, and we were on the sun loungers all day. Yeah, think yeah. of the
1: cellular damage. I know, I know, it's incredible. You <laughs> think about it. So, in a way, as a result of that happening to my mum, I don't know if lucky is the right word, but from that time on, I was kind of lucky enough to be aware then from my mid twenties mm. of this, and so. I became fanatical and about And you were living in the screen. And I was living in the sun, yes. And also once I educated myself a bit more around this time, I remember realising that I had pigmentation on my forehead. So I started reading about this online. I had this sort of mask like, you know, sort of faded brown sort of splodge across my forehead. But it was kind of mild. And when I had makeup on, you couldn't really see it. And so this happening to my mom and you know, various other things and my interest in skincare had gone up and I realised I had pigmentation and, you know, then I started looking into other products and so on. So basically from my mid-twenties, so those maybe 15 years ago is when I sort of started my skincare journey. (laughs) Well done for doing it because the impact, let me tell you, side by side is... But you know, it's a funny, it's funny that you say that because Mm. I think as women, we are sort of configured to still think it's not enough we don't look as good as we could we could be doing more I should have started using retinol earlier I should have done this I should have so you know it's a pity because it's never enough like society will never let us reward ourselves and say wow well done you you started wearing sunscreen in your 20s consistently that's having a great effect now and will continue to have a great effect as you get older but instead we get bogged down in what else we could have Mm -hmm. done You know, I am almost forty now. If I'd done that, would the fine lines on my forehead be, you know, milder? Would the laxity? No, but you know what I mean. Like the changes that happen to us. You know, we can never sort of reward ourselves. It's it's always we could have done more. I could look better.
2: You've circled in this industry though for so long that I'd imagine that messaging can be quite powerful to your subconscious. Like for those that don't have to consider beauty that don't have to consider skincare and looking at impact and effect and very much being educated in what all these products are doing but also kind of having to live up to what all these products do Mm -hmm. like if you're not in that I can imagine you can easily breeze through 10-15 years from mid-20s to 40 and arrive at 40 and being like oh okay yeah but you were so I'd imagine it Can seep into the subconscious that I have to take care of myself a certain way and I have to live a certain way and Mm -hmm. I have to look a certain way. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of
1: expectation there, I think. Were there times when you were feeling a little bit more vulnerable where that was too loud? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like any woman, I have had lots of changes over the years and, you know, many of them have impacted on my skin. And one thing you and I have talked about quite a lot of late is sort of hormonal changes that mm-hmm. are on the way, you know, that we're kind of feeling the beginnings of now. So a couple of months ago, I had a just a explosion of hormonal activity on my chin and jaw. And I wouldn't be somebody that would really experience breakouts. I've been quite lucky. I'd have r- reasonably calm skin. And this has happened to me before. So, you know, I sort of had a toolbox of what I was going to do and how I was going to treat this. But I think it's still... There's sort of a layer of pressure for me where I'm online and, mm. you know, I'm I'm open about it. I'll talk about my hormonal activity and, and the things I've done to treat it and, the, you know, what I'm doing. But I think there's this kind of like, oh, well, look at her skin now. It's not. But nobody's skin is perfect all the time, you know, and we're women like everything impacts our skin. You know, our lifestyle, hormones, medication, stress. It's a continuous, you know, cycle of dealing with what's next, what's next and. I think the one thing I've always tried to put across is that, you know, the main thing is consistency It's mm. just taking the time out to look after yourself and your skin on the regular. You don't have to be reinventing the wheel. You don't have to be doing everything that's on offer, every treatment, every product. It's just keeping it at a level that's, you know, easy for you to manage and that's good for your skin. And, and actually that will do a lot of the heavy lifting when dealing with a lot of these changes.
2: Especially when the pursuit of youth is expensive. It's very expensive. (laughs) Very expensive. It is, yeah. And we are, I I don't know, maybe it's my age. Maybe it's also being on the outer realms of Insta. But I feel like I'm being herded more and more towards the expensive side of skincare. Mm -hmm. Um, And not just when it comes to the product, But more when it comes to the procedures. Yes. The treatments. The treatments. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lot. Like if you were to actually. And this is how I feel of it. I'm not sure if you remember the the show The Swan that used to be out. That's how I feel like I need to be treated. I need to actually go into a villa for a week Mm. and have some blokes say right from my forehead to my toenails. What needs to be fixed. Yeah. And I'm kind of trying to like filter that. Yeah mainly because i cannot afford it and i feel like i shouldn't have to need it um but i am also a little bit on the vain side like i i do like when i look of in the course, mirror yeah, and I'm, i say yeah you're holding up okay um i feel like emerging from the last few years when it was easy to sort of live relatively unvain because nobody was seeing you yes um and coming out of where i'm at my stage of like having small 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 children mm-hmm. getting a bit of sleep back getting my hormones back i'm ready to kind of be like okay mama's going to look like how i thought i would at 40 now thank you very much yeah. not in her leggings and her like <laughs> sweaty hair stuck to her head yeah i want to feel a certain way and look a certain way but i know i cannot afford all of it mm-hmm. so now i'm trying to filter it down and be like okay what do, what will make actually a bit of difference in the pursuit of staying that little bit more youthful?
1: I really think it's, you know, it's not just skincare, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think, it, you know, it's a combination of things. It's, it's what you're putting into your body. It's how much sleep you're getting. It's how much stress you're dealing with. And I know, you know, we're <laughs> crumbling, all, crumbling yeah, next we're, we're all dealing with this, but it really is a combination of that and yeah but what do
2: i need them to stick into my face
1: well <laughs> you don't need to stick anything <laughs> into your I face
2: i see i don't i am so clueless at this that i genuinely wouldn't even know what to ask and therefore i feel quite vulnerable because i feel like if i went in and just been like fix me mm. they'd be like oh mm. well that'll be 20,000 euro thank you very much yeah. and i would obviously win for the hills but i i just don't know what for and obviously everyone's skin is different, so I'm not asking you to prescribe a treatment plan or anything like that. But I just feel like there's so much now on offer. Mm. Like it was Botox for a long time. Yeah. And now it's it's the, the Profilo. Mm-hmm. It's it's your, I
1: know, we're, are, we a bit, are we a bit against fillers right now? Is that kind of... Oh, they're still around, yeah. I, microneedling is massive. Microneedling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what is good for just stimulating that little bit of... Mm youth retention. Well, I think the first thing to say there is that, you know, 80% of how your skin looks and feels and the health of your skin is down to your at home skincare routine. Okay. So only twenty percent is in clinic and is treatments. Now that twenty percent can make a huge difference when you're really going for your eighty percent at home, right? So you're you're doing the most for yourself at home. There's no point p- spending thousands. Hundred percent, you're still no. not using what you need to use at no. home on a regular basis. I mean, if you're not wearing sunscreen every day, if you're not, you know, using an antioxidant, if you're not using a retinoid, you know, those are the things you should be focusing on using, getting that routine up, and then after several months, when you see the benefits of that routine, and you decide, actually, I just want a little bit more, mm-hmm. that's when you go into a skin clinic and think, okay, what what do I want? Do I want a skin treatment? Do I want aesthetic treatments? Do I want a combination of both? I do feel personally, as I get older, I feel like these treatments are kind of the icing on the cake as Mm -hmm. opposed to the cake. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's really important that you do the most at home and you can do so much, especially with, you know, retinoids, for example. They are really the gold standard. I mean, we talk about them all the time, but they really are. So if you're using those, you're getting fantastic results. You're doing the most you can then it's fantastic to go and get another treatment. You know, something on the, on top like microneedling or um, profilo, like you said, or PRP or whatever it may be. But I really think it's so important to get the basics and get your 80% going at home before you look at that. Because ultimately it's the maintenance like I said mm-hmm. earlier it's the level you get yourself to it's the consistency that's what's doing the heavy lifting for you these treatments are phenomenal don't get me wrong but you, they need to be on top of a solid foundation
2: Is that how you do it when you don't want to make it look like you've done it? Because you I got, look you can walk into any retail store in Dublin and see 18 year olds who clearly have already had some kind of procedure done Yeah and it's just like, you just want to take them aside and be like, maybe it's, that's just the L1 mother in me, but I just want to take them aside and be like, oh my God, mm. what are you doing to your face? I know. Is that just because people that don't have to have proper qualifications can actually administer?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's a big problem in Ireland. You know, there's been a lot of, you know, comms about that the last few months. Different societies are trying to, you know, change legislation or bring in new legislation around this because, you know, ultimately things like, you know, Botox and filler are medical products, especially Botox. It's, it's a medical product, so it should only be administered by a medical practitioner. And, you know, that's that's a doctor. I mean, even there are some fantastic nurse injectors in Ireland, but they are technically not allowed to do it. But that doesn't stop you know, other sort of micro industries popping up around it. Now we have, you know, Botox available in, you know, in nail salons. Like you, you just said, we've been reading about makeup artists are administering it, you know, various places like that. And and I do think that's very Does worrying. Does that scare you? Yeah, I think it's, it's incredibly worrying because it's, you know, these aren't treatments to be messed with. I mm. mean, th- these are serious. They can cause you know, atrophy in the muscles, they can really cause serious damage if they're done incorrectly. So I think you really need to go to see somebody who knows their stuff and, and is recommended and you can see their work if that's what you want to do. But but I, I don't think, you know, Botox, I, I think Botox is fantastic, but I don't think it's the first step. Okay. I don't think Unless it's there's like
2: a very small specific part of your face that you just like I just really want to fix. Yeah, like I mean, that it,
1: line. It's it's not a solution for it's not going to solve oh my skin looks crap, my skin looks mm. crap, I'm I'm aging, I'm I'm getting older, my skin is dull and dry. That is not what Botox is for. Botox is not going to do anything to your skin. It's not going to plump, hydrate, you know, do any of that. All it does is freeze the muscle underneath the skin so that the skin smooths out and and the wrinkles are less. If you have dry, dull skin, when you go in to get Botox, you're still going to have dry, dull skin after you get Botox. So, you know, it's back to that. I'm going to sound like a broken record on this, but it's back to that. You know, 80% of you doing yep. the work at home and then maybe getting a treatment. And then at some point, yeah, go for it. Like get Botox. That's but good
2: because it puts the control back in your hands. 100%. You yeah. know, we are living in a cost of living crisis. And yes. for women at this age who are probably still in the childcare zone, who are probably still, you know, in high mortgage zones, like having that disposable income with the amount of pressure that comes with approaching 40 mm-hmm. that says, well, you still have to look a certain way now, but it's getting more harder to mm. achieve and it's getting more expensive to achieve, knowing that you can actually control some of it mm. at home, that's quite liberating. That's yeah. Because you don't hear that, no. I don't hear that enough. I'm I'm feeling that pressure to kind of make those appointments. And look, I may in the near future, especially when I come out of this, because I look absolutely rotten. But it's that makes that kind of Yeah, that makes me feel a lot more empowered about the situation. But how we look is only one element of approaching this next new decade in our life.
1: Mm. Um, How do you feel? I feel good. And actually what I was going to say there when you were talking about sort of all the things we can do. I definitely feel in the last couple of years of my 30s that the balance has shifted in terms of where my priorities Mm -hmm. are. I definitely want to look good. You mm. know, I want my skin to look good and all of that. But actually, I want to feel good mm. more than I want to look good. And it's so funny that I'm saying that because when I was in my 20s and early 30s, I could give two mm. hoots about supplementing vitamins, you know, working out, eating a certain way. Mm-hmm. It was all about the outside. How did I look? How did my skin look? How did my body look? How did my hair look? Whatever. And it just is really a natural sort of process that occurs that once you, you know, for me anyway, once I tipped over mid thirties and started approaching 40, you know, things change. You know, your 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 hormones are moving around a bit. You're feeling different. You know, your body is changing. You're more tired. There's various things going on in your life. And that for me has what's kind of taken priority really in in the last, I would say, two or three years.
2: You've spoken quite publicly and quite powerfully about the impact of anxiety. Do you think it's been since that episode of anxiety that your
1: reflection on life has changed? Oh, 100%. And the quality of life. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, we've touched on this before chatting about it and I really in that period of time where I was sort of you know in the in the midst of it in in the horrors of of anxiety i just remember thinking i i cannot believe i feel this bad i never in my life thought i would feel this bad you know physically mentally it was very physical for me the anxiety and it was very debilitating and just incredibly upsetting and i felt like i lost my power in that period because i felt so weak physically you know I had headaches and nerve pain and back pain and neck pain and I couldn't sleep and I was having nightmares and you know breathing issues and oh just it was it was a horrendous period of time and it went on for quite a long time so I I kind of you know you start to trick yourself that you're never going to get out of this and thank God I mean touch wood and all that that I'm firmly on the other side of that now it's amazing that I can say that but I will do anything to never end up there again. Mm. Never. And I have changed my mindset as a result. My priorities have changed. Everything has changed. You know, my health and and the health of my family as a result is, is non-negotiable. That's the most important thing. If I'm not healthy and well, everything else is falling away. You know, nothing will work.
2: So uh, what does that look like? What are you now saying no to? And what are
1: you being so diligent about that it has to be a part of your life? Well, I think one of the big things that was causing me huge amounts of stress during that period was work. I had mm-hmm. too much on. I was working, you know, six, seven days a week. It was constant. Which is when you work for yourself, it's really challenging to find those boundaries. Yeah, it's very hard to say no, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, there's peaks and troughs with this when you're working for yourself and you're always worried that if you say no, yeah, that's, it. that's it, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get more work for a while or whatever it might be. And so... You know, in addition to all of that going on, you know, I had all the regular life things. You know, I was homeschooling my son. This was during COVID and there was various other stressors going on that everybody else was experiencing. And I just had to take a look and and think, right, well, what has to go here? Because I cannot keep doing Mm. all of this. I'm just continuously hurting myself. (laughs) And then as a result, I'm hurting the people around me. It's not fair on my family and my friends because I'm continuously you know, doing this to myself, I won't take the foot off. And I decided I was taking the foot off and I actually had a a period of nothing. I just let everything go. And I was like, I can't do this anymore because I'm not well. I'm not going to get better. And I was crying all the time. It was crazy. Like I was not myself at all. And so I sort of did that. And then in combination, I had a really stern talking to for my GP, who was amazing. And My husband also gave me a stern talking to and, you know, it all kind of came together to sort of make a path for me, Mm -hmm. make a clearing, you know. And for the first time, I was able to go, "Okay, I know how to get through this. I know how to, you know, fix this. And obviously, you know, it wasn't instant by any means. It took a long time, but I know what the triggers are and I know what's too much for me now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really great now at saying no. I quite enjoy it <laughs> you know, I'm like no I'm not available I can't attend I'm not I just I have no I feel no stress about that Do anymore. Do you think that's
2: also from age because I, I think yes. there's a there's a certain courage <clears throat> certain courage that we take on like we just don't give a shit about stuff as much. No
1: I, I definitely feel that <clears throat> excuse me I definitely feel that as well that my <laughs> I'm not trying to prove as much as I used to have to prove. No, it's like we had these. I don't know, my my radar for detecting BS now is, <laughs> is just so finely tuned and I, I don't have time. Like, I really don't have time. We are all so busy in our lives with family and friends and everything. And and I want to prioritize the important stuff. And that's what I make time for. And, you know, I think as well with COVID, right, a lot of mm. us experienced some really great clarity around that time and after some deep burnout yes after some deep burnout 100% and I just don't have time for you know to use that great phrase I don't have time for anything that doesn't serve me Mm. you know because it is true I mean we you know I think one of the things about getting older as well is is the you know the the kind of sharp focus that you have around ageing you know, you're not going to be young forever. You're getting old. Your kids are growing up. Your parents are aging in front of you. I'm very aware of how fast time is going. Mm. And I don't want to look back and say, oh, well, I'm really glad I sent that email or I'm really glad I went to that meeting. I mean, that's nobody's going to say that. No one is going to look back and think, I'm so glad I worked like a dog for years and years. But we are going to look back and think, well, I was a really good mom and I did my best and I spent as much time as I could with my family and I made good friends and I was a good person and you'd hope that other people will say that about you because that's all that's left at the end of the day is, is memories of your life and of the people that are in it. Nobody remembers work, no, nobody remembers you know, money and the stress you had around all of that. None of that matters. Obviously it's important for our day to day, but you know, bigger picture, it's really not.
2: Hormonal fluctuations can begin long before we notice any change in our periods. Changes in mood, energy, mental clarity, headaches or trouble sleeping. The symptoms of perimenopause can begin for us in our 30s and it is a whole new stretch. I want to get ahead of it. I want to know as much as I can about it. I want to understand the symptoms and the ways I can help myself physically, emotionally and hormonally. Tried and tested nutritional support, Menopause is a range of supplements formulated to be taken during and after the menopause. From the comprehensive original formula with soya isoflavones to more advanced formulations, including active botanicals, calcium, red clover, and night, Menopause provides comprehensive targeted nutritional support from Vitabiotics. With 50 years of innovation in nutritional science, Vitabiotics has been pushing boundaries to help our families feel at their best, with products to suit all stages from preconception, pregnancy, postpartum, and menopause. With Pregnacare, Well Woman, and Menopause, Vitabiotics have created an award-winning range to suit every stretch of family life. Vitabiotics want to look after you through their supplemental range and by supporting this season of stretch marks. Food supplements must not replace a varied and balanced diet and a healthy lifestyle and you should always consult your doctor or pharmacist before using. You're talking about time and I don't have time to do this. How I experience it is like I don't have the energy field for it and that comes from having young kids and forever being in my mind. I think how I who I am can be in my mind too much mm. and that's something that as I'm growing towards 40 I probably need to work on more mm. if I am to fully settle into that because I as so much of what you were saying about how you felt when you were in that period of anxiety and how you felt like so much of yourself was crumbling like I'm so there mm. I'm I am so there now yeah and I have to look at how to reverse it. Yeah. But when you're in it, it's it's very hard. Like, And I'm, I don't think I'm necessarily suffering from anxiety. I think I'm very much suffering from a physical breakdown right now. But it's definitely having an impact on my mental resilience and how much optimism you have because you just feel yeah. so ill. Yeah. And going into my 40s, Not what I want. No. I want energy. I want vitality. I don't care if I have a wrinkle on my head. Can I get out of bed in the morning and still have energy for my children Mm. and still display to them what a success in inverted commas life is. And to me that is like I have time to display to them what looking after yourself means. And I still have career that fulfills me to a level with which pays the bills and teaches me something but beyond that I'm like we're good yeah we're good thanks
1: well we don't have I don't
2: need that party and I don't need that thing yeah and I don't need that handbag I don't need the
1: stuff but we don't have limitless reserves of energy this is the thing you know we we never have but I think when you're younger You just stretch yourself continuously. You stretch and stretch and stretch for friends, for acquaintances, for work, for this. Validation and acceptance. Yeah, that's part of, I think, figuring out who you are as well. Mm. I think there's a real clarity that comes with, you know, aging and figuring out actually this is who I am. You know, flaws and all, but you know who you are. Whereas when you're younger, you kind of don't and you're tipping around various social circles and work and family and you know you're just kind of figuring it out finding yourself and I think in that period you 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 know like I said you just stretch yourself continuously and then when you get older you're sort of brought face to face with your reserve (laughs) there's there's not much in it (laughs) so you have to be very you know very careful and very considered about where you put your time and who you put it into yeah who it's, gives it back? Yes. This is who so gives the energetic exchange important. back. Important. doesn't. Yeah. I mean, you need to, you know, I, I always think with friends as well, especially when you're older. And like, God, I keep saying when we're older, we're in our late 30s, like, for God's sake. But anyway, you know what I mean. Um, you have to come away from social interactions with friends feeling good, feeling sort of like they've filled up your cup. Mm. And I feel like if you don't feel like that, then that's not a friendship that's serving you. Not for anything, any particularly dramatic reason. It's just is what it is. Because we we really are sort of juggling so many balls at this stage. Work, kids, stress, you know, health, everything. So when you do have time to interact with people. Mm, it has to be really meaningful. It has to be meaningful. Mm. You, you really do have to think about, where and who you put your energy into. And ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Like we need to put it into ourselves as well. We need to have time for ourselves just to sort of regroup and take a minute. And it doesn't have to be any of this sort of cheesy self-care stuff that Mm -hmm. we hear about all the time either. Something really small like I love making a coffee for myself in the morning when everyone's getting up. And I sit and drink my coffee. I love walking my dogs. You know, I love my few minutes of doing my skincare in the morning. Sometimes I only have five minutes and that's fine. But that's still five minutes for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I think that is really important that we carve out a little bit of time for ourselves.
2: One of the things that we often talk about on our wine nights, and I will never forget the phrase. Like I, I just remember in one of the earlier times that we went out talking and it is the topic of perimenopause and with such conviction, you looked me in the eye. I'll <laughs> never forget it. And you were just like, It's coming for us all, Sinead. It is coming for us all. And I was like, I've just had a baby. What are you on about? <laughs> but you're so like, you're right. It is mm. coming for us all. And with each year that has passed since that, mm. bearing in mind that was might have been when I was 36, I'm now 39, oh wow, is it getting louder and louder and yeah. louder as it is coming towards me
1: yeah but i think we we know this right it's coming towards us but i think what we can do is meet it when it arrives mm. I and think befriend this, it right this is what's important it doesn't arrive and we go oh jesus it's here mm. what am i doing what's happening to me we don't understand what it is we go to our gp and this you know the cycle begins of whatever i think the more knowledge we have the more equipped we are then we just meet it when it arrives and we know now that's not to say we'll have it all tied up, you know, mm. but at least we'll have awareness and knowledge. And I don't think it's spoken about enough. And it's something that I certainly want to know as much about as I can. You know, we we can look at our mothers to understand, you know, when they went through it what age they were that will have a reflection on us and when we go through it I know my mum went through it very early she was in her early 40s and until I was working with a brand last year the year before that was creating a line of products for menopause I would had no understanding really mm. you know aside from the stereotypical you know cliched like mm. oh it's hot sweat so oh, it's you know I didn't really understand it. And so I learned so much from working with it was with Peggy from Ground Wellbeing. She's absolutely incredible. And so she actually um, was put into, you know, inadvertently as these things go, but she was put into menopause early because of a surgery that she had had. And it was super shocking to her. And so she started researching and learning about it. And ultimately, um, with some experts, created this incredible range of products to help alleviate the symptoms of. Perimenopause and menopause. And so I'm learning through this period. And I remember Peggy saying to me, You need to have a conversation with your mum about this. I was like, My God, I've never spoken to my mum. Like, obviously, you know, she's, she's, she won't, she probably won't listen to this. Sorry, mom. She's late (laughs) 60s now, you know, like she's gone through it. Yeah. She's out the other side. I know this, but I don't know either. Yeah, but she's part of the generation that that don't talk about about it. it. Right. And I actually called her one day in the car on the way home from seeing Peggy Mm -hmm. and I called her and I was like mom listen I was just with Peggy and we were chatting about this and I said listen what age were you when you went through menopause and she was like oh I was in you know I was in my early 40s and and I said well how long did it last and she's like oh you know a good 8-10 years I was in it and I was like wow that's you know a large portion of your life that's a large portion of your life yeah and I said and how was it and the first thing she said was well I never took HRT (sighs) And I thought, wow, you know, and I wanted to if I if I hadn't been on the phone, I would have hugged her and said, you know, it's OK. It's OK that, you know, but it's that generation. It's did that, did that is the in insinuation
2: there that taking HRT was the easy way out.
1: Oh, yes, okay. I think. Yeah, it certainly with, you know, some of her friend groups and, you know, the age and the, the generation that they were at the time. That's not to say everybody uh, didn't take it. Lots of people did, obviously, but it was sort of a, a badge of honour that mm. she sort of had for herself. She weathered it. That she had got through it. Mm. And I said, God, mom, you know, that's a long time to be going through that without any sort of relief from it. And and she's like, oh, well, you know, it, it's, you know, it happens to all women and everything. And it was so interesting having that conversation with her because I thought, I'm not going to... Self-sacrifice. ...sort of suffer yeah. through this. I know, obviously... Yeah. It's going to happen to me. We're going to have the symptoms, all of us, but I'm not going to suffer through this Mm. and think, well, I'm going to do this by myself. I will take (laughs) everything that's available, every experimental (laughs) drug. I will do every therapy possible because why wouldn't I? Yeah. You know, I, give I, yourself
2: the best chance i get
1: quite mad when we talk about yeah. this topic because i think haven't women that's why i love talking to you about it <laughs> haven't we gone through enough aren't we yeah, going yeah, through yeah, enough yeah. we and are going, now this and now this and 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 we're supposed to not talk about it yeah. and sort of just oh, be I'm silent fine. good oh, little women oh i'm flying through it no i will not be quiet about this when it's happening to me everyone will know because it is a difficult period mm. you know it's going to affect people in our life by being around us certainly and we need support, mm. and we need, you know, medical practitioners who understand it and can support us. Now, certainly, we, I, are, I feel, are coming into a time of God. There's more awareness of this than ever. There's more. There's more awareness of it than
2: ever, but still so little. But still, so in little. the grand scheme of it, because it is such a new conversation mm-hmm. that is being having. And look, I am so grateful that I'm alive in an era where it is being so openly Mm -hmm. discussed and I feel like I can get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. But I am also conditioned by every woman that has kind of come before me Mm. that I'm already, I don't know, is gaslighting the right expression? I feel like I'm already gaslighting myself when I doubt some experiences or differences or changes within me where I kind of go, oh, maybe that's, maybe that's nothing. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's nothing. When really, if you were to kind of write them all down, Mm. or I feel like I could probably go and talk to somebody about that, but I feel I would be laughed out of the room Mm. because it's like, no, oh no, that's normal. Like, you know, sure, go on out. Like, no, it's not serious enough. It's not life. Like, I'm obviously, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be great at going to a doctor. I would kind of have to, have my leg falling off before I'd be like, I have this pain. Mm. Um, And I need to work on that. But I still feel like, as a 39-year-old, fully functioning member of society, that I wouldn't be able to self-identify with confidence and courage that what I'm feeling is definitely the beginning of perimenopause.
1: Yeah, well, there is tools now as well to help us. There's various women that are doing incredible work around the menopause and raising awareness and you know helping us track symptoms and figure out what it is and there's books and there's people on Instagram that we follow that are doing incredible things and I think you know engaging with them and learning through them will help you have a better understanding of what it looks like and Mm -hmm. what it feels like for certain women and the variety of symptoms and things that can bring it on and age and the importance of speaking to your mum and you know various other things I think the more sort of tools you have the more equipped you'll be but I think we're so used to being told that it's look at your period for the answers yeah no I think that it's not so it's nowhere near that no I think that's very that's quite I think an archaic approach really um there's so many factors involved in this that there is no easy sort of Tick these boxes and oh, yeah, you have it, or yeah, you don't. And I really do think, you know, the medical practitioners play a huge role in this, mm-hmm. in, you know, welcoming women in and listening to them and saying, okay, well, what's going on? You know, it's not just a case of running bloods or, mm-hmm. you know, checking hormone levels. Yeah, they're very important, but there's a lot more to it. It's your family history, it's your age, it's your health, it's, you know, what else is happening in your life and, and sort of taking a holistic view of that. And, and I do feel quite um, under
2: pressure, perhaps not under pressure. Under pressure might sound too extreme. I am motivated to get myself in as best a condition. Yeah, I think I can, because mm-hmm. as you said, it is coming for us all. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like I need to appreciate all the ways with which it's going to impact me from sleep, yeah. To energy, to mood, to, you know, overwhelm and, you know, brain fog, everything that's coming, mm. regardless of your period. Mm. That if life is challenging now, what might that look like in two, three years time when these symptoms become even louder? Yeah. So it's like I I have no choice but to prioritize myself as much as I possibly can mm-hmm now in this year yeah to be in any shape ready for what's ahead because we don't know we don't know what it's going to bring no but we can't I feel like I can't arrive to it absolutely broken
1: and wrecked yeah because it'll finish me Mm -hmm. 100% I think the more equipped we are the better (laughs) but there's so many like there's a couple of things I'd like to mention in terms of what I've you know mm-hmm. where I've got my knowledge about menopause from, and you know my learnings. So I've read two really great books. The first one is Menopause by Dr. Deirdre Lundy, which I love.
2: I I had Dr. Deirdre Lundy on. I did a a, a show a contraception podcast mm-hmm. for a brand, and she was one of the doctors I met. And I spoke to her for two and a half hours, yeah.
1: and I just was like, I can imagine she is incredible, incredible. and her book mm-hmm. is incredible. incredible. Yeah. So that's a brilliant one. And then Menopausing by Davina McCall. Yeah. Also excellent. And then in terms of people online, there's a lot of people, especially in Ireland, there's a lot of people doing great things. But there's two in particular that always stand out to me. One is Victoria Jones, Mm -hmm. who has the menopause pharmacist account. She's excellent. And also Laura Dowling, who's the fabulous pharmacist. She actually has brought out. Her own range of yeah. supplements, and one of them is specifically uh, yeah, for, for
2: perimenopause, and, yeah. and Peggy, of course, as well, as and you Peggy for
1: yeah, who has been such
2: a loud voice when it comes to, but incredibly loud, being so open and courageous, and yeah. just
1: being like, yeah, sure, yeah. this is gonna happen, yeah, this she is gonna happen. Brought out an amazing um BAM two yeah. years ago, so it's a. It's a CBD balm but it's to it's help delicious. alleviate the symptoms of so good period minnow. So yeah, there's a lot to, you know, there's a lot to take in but I, I just think it's, you know, it's coming. it's coming anyway. It's coming for us so we might as well be, you know, fully equipped and, you know, and like you said, we don't know what it's going to look like mm-hmm. but it's going to feel like it's different for every woman but I think the more we know the better.
2: But we've been silenced since we were like 11, 12, 13 yeah. years old when we're getting our period. Yeah.
1: Like, But, you know, I think we're done with being quiet. Yeah, I I really would agree with that statement. And I think it's not just limited to, you know, perimenopause and menopause. I think it's it's a lot of things. You know, I Mm -hmm. I think it's women's health in general. And I think it's women. You know, I, I think we deal with so much and we go through so much. And why can't we talk about these things and why can't other people talk about them you know people who are on the periphery that don't necessarily experience these things you know should be talking about them and you know and helping support us as well and Mm. I think we need to be loud and you know angry
2: yeah I am angry that this is coming I feel like I'm only after getting out of kind of my postnatal era yeah and now I'm colliding
1: yeah but I think the other thing I think we haven't touched on is is the you know very emotional aspect of this as well which is that you know, our childbearing years are behind us once this happens, you know, and, you know, essentially,
2: you know, it's, but it's that is tied so much into how we 100%. think about ourselves, yes. our sexuality, yes. our youth, our Who attractiveness, our desirability. Yeah. You know, like we are Like I had this thought in like you say, your mother won't listen to it. My husband won't. But I had this thought in a playground recently mm. Um, my children were off running around and I had. We'd watched a movie the night before and there was a thing about how like a a husband had passed and everything. Okay, so it was just in my head. I'm not actually planning the (laughs) demise of my husband. Okay, Um, But the woman was now alone and ultimately met another partner and began a family. Right. Now, I have two wonderful children. We're all very happy. Everything's great. Everyone's alive. We're brilliant. However, in the alternate scenario that was now playing out in my head... I'm like, God, if hadn't happened to him, and I was to meet somebody else, and they wanted a child from me, and that was in a couple of years' time, what if my body can't do it? Mm-hmm. Like, what if, like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, that's gone. And I think for so long, going back to how we're being silenced from when we we're 12, we're also preventing that side of our lives, that pregnancy side of our lives for so long. Yeah. And then it's this window to have it, and because we're having it so late, then it's closed. And now I'm kind of approaching it from a like, oh my God, who am I now if I'm not the woman who's thinking about, Mm. well, are we going to have a baby or Mm. not? Like that was such a part of like, I wonder what's coming next. I wonder, will I get married? I wonder, will I have a child? Mm. I wonder how many children will we have? Mm. I wonder, will we get pregnant next month? Mm. I wonder who this baby will be. And now it's like,
1: and that's over. Yeah. that's Actually, that's really interesting what you said there about how we are conditioned to be terrified of mm. pregnancy, getting pregnant and so on for such a long period of time. And then suddenly that changes mm. into immense pressure. Mm. When are you going to have a baby? When are you going to have a baby? Then you have a baby. When are you going to have the next baby? when you mm. get, And then suddenly it's over. Door closed. I mean, how? You mm. know, it's back to the angry thing. <laughs> back to the angry thing. I mean. Door closed. Say nothing. Get God on it. love us and what we have to go through, mm-hmm. really. And especially, I think, you know, there's a huge Catholic Ireland has a huge thing to answer for here. The absolute terror and fear associated with pregnancy and early pregnancy and pregnancy out of marriage and Mm. all of that. You know, so we're dealing with that. And then suddenly, you know, we're married or we decide to have a baby with our partner or whatever the circumstances might be. And we're supposed to just shake off that fear. Mm. Oh, it's fine now. So, so, you know years and years of of trauma essentially and fear deep rooted fear coming from every aspect of society oh, oh you can shake that off now it's time for you to have a baby mm. oh right oh great well thanks for letting me know and then you have the baby and like I said it's the next one the next one and then oh no that's it you're done now mm. that is a lot to deal with but the men in our lives oh can anytime. meet like miss new boobs anytime <laughs> and start
2: family number two while you're in the depths of your menopause look I may have watched The First Wives Club too often when oh, I Oh God, 10. I
1: love that movie. <laughs> it's hard, you know, it's, I think it's, I think, look, I think life is hard. Mm-hmm. Life is hard for everyone. Even that, Even the people we perceive as better off in some ways live hard lives. It's difficult. I think it's very difficult for women. Mm-hmm. And I think we are, you know, almost cogs in a machine for a lot of our life, you know, expected to move on to the next, the next level, the next level, the next level. You know and it's not fair and it's so interesting to me to kind of throw in something completely random into this line of thinking. You and I went to see the Barbie movie together Mm -hmm. and half the women in the cinema were crying at the end of the film, us included. Mm -hmm. And then after the film left and we went outside we were furiously angry Mm -hmm. (laughs) because this is what we deal with. This is you know we're constantly being pushed down pushed into our yeah. box stay in there stay pretty you know stay pretty stay skinny you know have the kids or you're finished with the kids now but don't have the kids too early be president you know yeah exactly <laughs> be a girl boss be mm. all these things oh no you can't talk about mental health no no that's bad and be don't be nice all and the be time be nice yeah be nice be nice you know and don't be too loud don't be too mm. angry don't upset other people in the room you know don't have an opinion mm. And, and I I think as we are approaching 40, this is really sort of, you know, this has really come into sharp focus mm-hmm. for me, you know, at this stage. You know, I feel quite mad, you know, at the things that I have gone through and that other women in my life who I love have gone through. It's sort of this silent suffering mm-hmm. and, and we're not, you know, encouraged or allowed to talk openly about what we're going through. And I hope that this next stage of our lives will be the opposite to that, and that we do talk openly about this and what we're going through. and and it's norm. It's normalized. It's accepted to just, oh, right. And how are you feeling now and what's going on? Oh, well, actually, I'm in the throes of perimenopause. I'm absolutely rattled. Oh God, wow, mm. what's that like as opposed to, oh right, great, well, anyway. Fine. Yeah, did I tell you about whatever? Let's move the conversation on. You know, it's it's a real, it's a very interesting period, I think, of our mm. lives to be in. There's so much change and transition. And of course, it was entertaining and it was, you know, was mm. Ryan was in it. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. But
2: what stands out more for me on that night was in the middle of it, I got a text message from my husband that said that Sinead O'Connor had died. Yes. So I then, I didn't, I was like, I should tell you, but I was like, no, I'm not like, you were in your moment watching the movie. But so much had even a deeper resonance. 100%. As I was watching it. yeah, Being like,
1: fucking hell. I know. And what a woman. I mean, that was a really strange moment. Yeah. To, to finish that movie. Yeah. And be so full of emotion. And then you said to me, Sinead O'Connor has died. And I thought, what? Yeah. No. No. I mean... Mm. We talk about going through things. That woman went through it again and again and again and continued to use her voice. Mm. And just, oh God, it was so incredibly sad. It was, you know, double the emotions. It was, And double the anger. That's probably why we
2: had to drink so much gin that night. (laughs) I want to talk to you before we wrap up because um, you talk about levelling up. Yeah. You are levelling up.
1: Oh God, I don't
2: know. You're levelling up. Uh, but you're also taking your very menopausal self back to school.
1: Yes, I am. I am returning back, back to the kids. To college. I am a mature student. <laughs> I love that. I'm telling everyone. I'm like, I'm a mature student. I'm a mature student. <laughs> yeah, I'm going back to How college. Do you feel? Very excited. Yeah. Very excited for the learning, for the knowledge. You're going to
2: like know young people. I am and going. to teach your ways going to, them. to No, <laughs> I don't know. I see a lot of like one-to-ones where Simone is giving life
1: advice. Oh God, I don't know. Ranting maybe Yeah. <laughs> instead. No, I feel very excited and I feel very empowered, you know, because, you know, back to what we were saying there about being put in boxes and being told what to do. I think, you know, with what you're passionate about and education and what you want to do with your life, sort of happens very early from a societal Mm. perspective. We're supposed to sort of tick that box quite young. And I have ticked many boxes along the way. And then I've completely changed the box. Mm -hmm. And then I've picked up another box and ticked that box. (laughs) And I'm really happy that I've done that. I think for a couple of years I felt sort of, oh God, you know, I didn't pick one thing and become a master at it. Mm. But I did many things. And a friend of mine sent me an excellent TED talk years ago that I think about all the time. And the topic was called when you're a Multipotentialite." Mm-hmm. So it's somebody who picks up and does different things and is very good at all of them and then picks up and does something else. So, you know, there's no rules to say we can do one thing and be done. or We can do two things and be done. We can do many things. And I think for me, it's been very freeing to realize in my late 30s That actually, yeah, this is something I love and I'm really passionate about. And now I'm going to go back to education about it. You know, you can do anything you want at any age, at any stage. And that's what I'm doing. And it's skin. And it's skin. (laughs) Yeah, I should have mentioned that. Yes, it's skin. Of course, it's skin. So I'm very excited and will no doubt be, you know, ranting and raving about this on social media once I get going. I am a bit nervous about... You know this routine and the study aspect of it, but I'm just so excited as well. So, watch this space.
2: But I also think it's an it's it's a mark of confidence when you have turned something that was an interest into a career, mm. and now you look at that career and you say, yeah, but how can I be even better at it? Yeah, how can I be even more informed? How can I be even more influential? Yeah, in supporting the people that are either following me or reading you know, my, my, my series in, in the Arch Examiner, how can I be a better resource mm-hmm. in the thing that I love? And having the confidence to say, yeah, this is going to be hard and it's a big investment yeah. in time, in money, in self. You have to discover new parts of yourself when you're back studying again. Yeah, It, it takes great confidence and I think it has arrived at exactly the right moment for you mm. when you are very ready to let go of this stuff that no longer is serving you. And to say, no, I want to be even more powerful. And to be that, I need to be more educated. Yeah. And I need to have more letters after my name.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Sinead, for the very positive words. We may have to increase the wine nights when I go back to you college. I sorry, it's a school night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, it's a to school night, sorry. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So here's to the next stage for both of us. Yeah, whatever what, that may look like
2: what, ten and a half months
1: Yeah, to go until we're 40. I know you need to get better and then I we can
2: carry on better. with our plan <laughs> of
1: having a great year.
2: <laughs> I need to get better. Um, yeah. But meeting you, talks with you, kick up the arses from you, they actually all make me better. Mm. But as we approach the next few months, I cannot continue to feel like this. I cannot continue to stay as sick as I am. And... I really want to reach that time together yeah. where we can both be like, we're so ready. Yeah, We're so ready for this next decade mm-hmm. of hormonal fluctuations, yes. of career pivots, yeah. of emotional breakdowns and rebuilding. <laughs> it's not all going to be rosy. But I need to get there and I am so proud of you of going back to college. I'm so proud of your multipotentialism, oh, potentialism and you you are like you just this courage of like I'm just going to do this now. I'm just going to do this now and it just works out for you.
1: Oh no, it definitely doesn't. Thank you for your confidence in me. <laughs> but I, I definitely have flung myself at things in the past and they haven't worked out. But
2: yeah, but you had the courage to flung or fling. fling. You yeah. flung,
1: But so have you. That's we, why we're here.
2: We move we move and now we are moving to our next stop which is coffee and cake yeah thank you thank you okay who wants to join our wine nights I'm telling you they are better than therapy if you are not already doing so, which you probably are, you can follow Simone at Simone Scribes on Instagram. You can get in touch here at Stretchmarks Podcast and share with any fellow almost 40 friends that need this in their lives. Talk to you again next week for the last episode of this series. Keep stretching.